0: unstoppable kick-ass confidence are you ready welcome to the raw and unscripted show with christopher roush where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit now please welcome our host christopher roush what's up ladies and gentlemen boys and girls hey welcome to the raw and Scripted show with yours truly christopher roush the place where i help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit happy tuesday night we are here every tuesday night 7 p.m pacific standard time set your calendars make sure you always get a chance to come over here and see beautiful christopher roush and the two guitars That's what I'm known for. Christopher and the two guitars, the two guitars, the dually guitars. One of these days, I'll take them off the wall and I'll actually play them. Would you like that, ladies and gentlemen? Boys and girls, what's happening? Hope you're having a blessed day. Hope everything's rocking and rolling. I know we're going to have people showing up here in just a moment. So I'm just going to riff raff here for a second before we bring on our wonderful guest who we're going to have a great conversation with tonight. So, First and foremost, if you're watching this on the on the live, thank you very much. If you're watching on the replay, thank you very much as well. I know a lot of you guys have been kind of resuming your life a little bit, so been watching on the replay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And just uh, also a note, I will be getting these out on podcasts. Uh, I've been behind the ball on a lot of stuff, so uh, we'll be catching that up, and you'll be able to listen to them on the go as well. So thank you very much for that inquiry as well. Uh, we're here to serve your needs and make sure that you guys always have a dose of raw and scriptedness with Christopher Roush and the guests occasionally. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. So um, I have to share with you. Today is day eight Chris day eight day eight of what day eight of what Chris today is day eight of 75 hard and if you guys have been living under a rock 75 hard is a mindset program that is designed to make you stick to your promises and make you accountable for what it is that you're doing and I have to say on day Eight, I am feeling tremendous. Uh, I admittedly the last two weeks of uh, before I started 75 hard, I was uh, eating uh, uh, bad stuff. Let's just say that. And I was drinking a lot and I was just relaxing and just having a good time because that's usually what I do in the summertime. The summertime for me is like a time like I usually am pretty decent shape. Summertime for me is like especially now I'm a dad. I'm like, get dad bod, gain 10, 15 pounds, eat Cheetos and all that other stuff. Just have a good time. So this year I decided to do it during summer because I don't want to do it during summer. So, anyways, day eight I'm feeling pretty good. I'm getting all that other stuff out of my system. My sleep is improving. Uh, of course I'm have I have my hydration going on. My two workouts a day are doing are doing really really good. Aside from the pain down on my right side, which you guys know about that, we're just gonna be we're just gonna we're just gonna power through that because that's who I am and what I'm about. Uh, so yeah, 75 hard unstoppables. We got Ray in the house. Ray's part of the 75 hard unstoppables team. Ray, you're doing a fabulous job, man. I can't give you enough kudos for what it is that you're doing and what you've given up in order to make this happen. So many people come up with excuses like, Oh my God, that sounds so hard. And it, you know, I'm, I had somebody tell me that they were, well, I shouldn't say that because they might watch the show, but I've had people give me some seriously questionable excuses, given the fact that I'm the no excuses coach uh, that makes me just like scratch my head. I just sit there and I, I relaxed. I relaxed to the fact that it's their journey. Uh, I put it out there. I offered it. If you didn't want to do it, it's totally free. Um, That's fine. But don't sit there and tell me how badly you want to do it when you are not trying badly enough to do it. So let me just say that. Anyways, I love you all. I don't care about your excuses. I love you. You're on your journey. I'm here when you need me. That's what I do. That's, I'm a catered service. So whenever you need a no excuses coach, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. So day eight, 75, 75 hard feeling really good. My wife is doing it. So that is super exciting, super exciting. You know, she's been on a journey. She's been on a journey and I'll let her tell the journey, but uh, yeah, she's been on a journey. So she's doing 75 hard. She went back to the gym today, got a trainer workout. So yeah, things, things are awesome. Things are feeling really good because what we have to do is we have to always keep in mind where it is that we're going next, not where we've been, not where we are, but where we're going next and who do we need to become in order to be at that next level. And of, of course, hopefully you're all leveling up, right? That's what this life is about is leveling up, going through the challenges, going through the opportunities, growing through them, realizing what it is that you needed to learn, and then implementing that and potentially even teaching some other people along the way to give it value to say that your trash is your treasure. And sort of speak, because you guys know about my homeless story we'll go into that um so anyway 75 hard is is incredible uh the clarity i'm already starting to get is great the sleep is great because i just go to bed freaking exhausted uh last night i did yoga because one of the workouts has to be outside so i did the workout last night after we put my son down we did yoga outside by the pool uh super nice watched on the ipad did 45 minutes felt great went upstairs got ready for bed and knocked out so uh just a tremendous program if you guys uh if you guys haven't heard of it go google it uh what's up what's up we have denise michaels in the house what's up denise hey thank you for being here at the raw and scripted show thank you thank you thank you uh appreciate you being, spending your, your tuesday night with us uh melody what's up melody johnson she goes hi christopher how are you I am awesome, can you tell, can you tell? Do you want some, do you want some of this awesomeness? Because I'm gonna be selling it pretty soon, not me fool, Uh, products. Uh, Melody says, yes, I'm leveling up day two of keto way of eating. Yes, that's good, that's good, I like it, I like it. It's amazing what happens when you start taking responsibility for your actions and you stop putting up with the mediocrity in your life uh, and you start rising to challenges and you start looking at things as opportunities to excel and become, like I said before, that next person that you need to be. But the purpose of tonight's show, um is really to to ask the question who are we right uh I've had a, I've had an amazing opportunity to speak with my guest uh many times on clubhouse and on uh zoom calls uh she is an amazing amazing person and I just I'm so excited to drop into conversation with her because it can get deep and beautiful and spiritual and loving but also real and raw so please welcome to the raw and scripted show miss christina crooks miss Christina crooks ladies and gentlemen in the house what's up darling
1: how are you I I am good I am well I am evolving
0: you um, are evolving yes based on the little pre-show conversation we had yes you are evolving you are implementing the tools that you teach your clients on how to do so isn't that an amazing experience as a coach when you have when you're in a situation you're like I wish I oh yeah I do oh yeah so and for me, I don't know about you. For me, when I'm in those situations, I sit there and think when I'm like frustrated or something like I'm not getting out of it, I'm like, okay, Chris, if somebody walked up to you right now and said, I've got this same exact problem, you would riff off an answer so quick, it would make your head spin. So what's that answer? And then I give that answer and I'm like, fuck, I gotta take that answer. It's like taking your own food. It's like, I can't give that answer to somebody else and not take it myself. What do you do in those situations?
1: Well, I, first of all, what comes up when you, when you ask that is I am always my first student, always. Always. So whenever I'm practicing a new way of being or distinguishing something or identifying something I want to stand into, I often ask, who do I need to become in order to stand in that place? Who do I need to become to have that in my life or be that person or have that thing? And I've been challenged recently. I've been challenged by things in my life that are have to do with family stuff. And the details don't really matter what the point is is that when we're faced with those things when you have tools to move through those things life doesn't stop happening life does not stop throwing what it's gonna throw like stuff shows up and you have a choice you have a choice of how you're gonna respond who you're gonna be how you're gonna show up and what you're going to do and how you Behave, and the actions that you take are an indicator of what your belief systems are, and what is under the hood, what's underneath all that. So, I don't know if that answers your question.
0: <laughs> so, 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 so stressful situations dealing with family, stressful situations, dealing with family. So what's your process for for changing your perspective about from, you know, of course, our initial reaction to situations is like, why me? Why is this? Why do I have to deal with this? We're, we're human beings. We're souls having human existence. So our first reaction is going to be like, oh, geez, I got to deal with this. H- talk to us about that process of what you implement for yourself to be able to kind of say, okay, let me shift my perspective about this so that I can have a different um, experience with this process.
1: Sure. So there's multiple ways that I can answer that, but the, I'll go with the first one that's top of mind, which is you have to meet yourself where you are. You have to meet the situation where it is and be able to accept what is. And in order to accept what is, you have to surrender. And I've been I've been practicing the serenity prayer a lot in the last couple of weeks, which is You can say universe or God, but I say God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm -hmm. And that helps me get back to a place of acceptance. And acceptance is a combination of surrendering that there are things outside of your control as a human being. There are circumstances around you that, that will just happen. Someone in your family will get cancer, or someone has mental illness, or someone's facing X, Y, and Z, and, and you want to be able to meet that, but maybe you don't have the tools for that. So surrendering that there are things outside of your control, and then awareness that there are multiple different facets to things going on. And when you combine those two things, the ontological equation is awareness plus surrender equals acceptance. And when you're in a breakdown, which is your your reality is not matching what your expectations are. Bingo. When you can accept that you're in a breakdown of something because you're wanting it to go this way, you're wanting it to be perfect or you're wanting it to be rainbows and butterflies or, or just beautiful. I mean, here's the thing. I love my life. I love every part of my life. And that includes the contrast. It includes that sometimes it's hard and we can do hard things. It means sometimes we're faced with choices we don't really want to make, but if we don't want to make them, if we stay there, like you can feel it, feel through those things, but if you set up camp there, you're going to be in trouble. If you buy land there, you're going to be in trouble because now your expectations are not matching what's actually happening. So if you can accept it and then take responsibility for your behavior for it and trust that you can make enlightened choices in the face of what is, anything can change.
0: Ooh, ooh, she's on fire. Ladies and gentlemen, getting started, getting fired up right now. There's something you said about the serenity prayer that, that I want to go, go into a little bit deeper. Cause I know I can do that with you when you think about, you know, accept the things you can change. Say it again. Say that part. I want to make sure I get it right.
1: Sure. Uh, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference.
0: So how do we know what that wisdom is? How do we know exactly what we can change? Because I get into arguments with people as the no excuse coach, like, well, Chris, you don't understand, I have to do this. I'm like, no, you do not have to do that. There is nobody pointing a gun at your head that says you have to do those things so you can change those things. So people have perspectives like, oh, I can't do that. I can't change that. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, Well, when someone hits up uh, against I can't, a lot of times I can'ts and I shoulds are a lot of times there because they don't have historical data to back that up. So they haven't experienced anything different. So a response to that could be, I get that you think that you can't. What if you could? What if something else was possible? What if? And you let them be uncomfortable with that. Because they're going to be. Because they don't have any evidence to suggest it could be a different way, right? So people get stuck in their stuff because they end up with this. And I say it because I've done it. <laughs> we, we can get stuck in our stuff because we think that's the only way. And so so you can come back to the things that you can control. And you find the wisdom in silence. You find the wisdom in <sighs> taking a deep breath and resetting your parasympathetic nervous system you find the wisdom in 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 pause the power pause and going okay what's next and you feel the the you feel into the thing that's pulling you and when you're really really attached to the outcome of something or you're really attached to your own your own expectations it can be difficult to move yourself out of that so you just gotta feel it and, and sometimes people have to be, when someone's in breakdown, they're going to have a sense of powerlessness. True. So the I can't comes up because they are in breakdown. So they feel there's no other option. So what you can do is try to find where the cracks are of where do you have choices? What choices are available to you given the circumstances?
0: Mm, that's brilliant that's brilliant i i sit there and put it in in such a way that like what's the one choice that you can make in this i'm not i'm stealing this from the one choice it's a book that i read what's the one choice that you can make by which that by doing so will alleviate the most amount of stress in your life you know that's reasonable that you can do and so give me three so i'll sit there and have them like give me three reasonable th- situations where, of choices what they could do or tolerations that they're they're tolerating and to be able to exit that set that situation but there was another thing that you you had you had talked about as well was um Stay on point, Chris. Stay on point, Chris. Stay on point, Chris. While I'm thinking about that, ladies and gentlemen, why? We have it's broad
1: and scripted. Why do you have to stay on point?
0: No, I know, I know. But I just then I also realized that there's a bunch of people in the house, so I wanted to say hello, hello, hello. Uh, we got Ray in the house. We got Tom in the house. Everybody's saying hello to each other. Lynn Serrano's in the house. She goes, "Oh my God, my friends, Hi, we love you both so much. Good to see you, Lynn Serrano. Lynn Serrano. I think you're out on the road. You're you're out uh, seeing people. I saw that. So good for you. Good for you." melody says, ha ha ha. Yes. What you give, you got to take your own advice. Absolutely. Uh, Lynn shared it. Thank you so much, Lynn. You're a rock star. Thanks, we got people saying, Hello, Robert Brooker's in the house. What's up, Robert. Robert says life doesn't stop happening. I have arrived just in time. Absolutely. Uh, Tom Jen's in the house. Uh, we got Cynthia McIntosh. What's up? She says, hi, Christopher and Christina. For those of you guys, hi, listening the podcast. um, yes, we have a, uh, we have christopher casen in the house what's up chris man it's good to see you he says i can't change my autism but i can change my perception to it you show me an
1: autistic person and i'll show you an artistic one
0: yes ooh say that again that's a sound bite right there
1: <laughs> i actually got it from uh, i for three years i ran a school with a friend of mine it was her school for special needs kids and she said it all the time and i totally stole it so it's my friend kathy and she would say, "You show me an autistic kid, and I'll show you an artistic one." And our our school was very similar to Montessori, and so we did a lot of hands on stuff with the kids.
0: Oh, nice, beautiful, beautiful. That yeah. is, isn't that so fulfilling? Like just just doing something for somebody out of the goodness of your heart, and and not expecting anything out of it, and just being able to just to enjoy those moments. It's amazing. It's amazing. Cynthia says, uh, "You tell yourself something often enough, it becomes your reality." Yes, Cynthia, you are totally. a woman. You, you are know a if, woman, uh,
1: Cynthia. We are always practicing something. Always. So what are you practicing and what are you leading with?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I remember my point. I remember my point what I was talking about. When you think about those situations where we're in, we're in stress mode, you know, the cortisol's flying, we're sitting there in fight or flight, we're in reactionary versus responsiveness. One thing I've really been narrowing down is like, how can we, what's the simplest way to isolate the situation that can make it better? And for me, and I have to credit this to my buddy Scott Goyette, is either one of the situations that we can look through is either we can look through the lens of fear and be like, Oh my God, I'm so afraid of what's going to happen. You know, how's this going to turn out? And you know, what does this mean about me? And what is this going to be about we can look through life through a lens of fear or at the same time. And this is something that I've been on a journey on to really discover for myself. And I've done a much better job of it is looking through that lens of love and being able to see, even with all the tragedy and the heartbreak and the situations that we don't agree with and that maybe we might be angry with, finding a way to see that situation through the lens of love has been one of the challenges for me. But what are your thoughts on that and being able to like distill it down to a more simpler science of what it is that we can do to shift our perspective when we're in those situations where we feel like we have no choice?
1: Yeah, seeing it through a lens of love is great. And and for me, coming back to an inner center of what would love do? What would love do? And love does not mean so often people say, well, you know, I can't just let let this run ramshot over me or I can't just be a doormat to this. Love does not mean that you are a doormat. Love can have boundaries. It is so important. And you and I have talked about our, our childhoods before and, and how tough those were. And I've been thinking recently about, especially in response to your question, I've been thinking about how when I play the movie back and the story of my childhood, right, it's, it's, it was hard. It was traumatic. It was, there was a lot of bad stuff that happened. And I am mean, in such a different place now in my life. It took years to get here. It took a lot of kicking and screaming on my part. Mm, <laughs> I, mm. Yes, yep. yes. And so to be where I'm at now internally, where I feel pretty and shaken, by most things. Every once in a while something can can get to me and I just I have to remove myself for a bit to to be with what that is. And I've been I've been searching back in my own memory bank and going how can I make this a fuller picture so that I can see some of like where were the good spots? Where were the moments? Like not not even a whole day, but just moments. And it was things like with my grandfather that he would uh, he'd always take us to the pool but he insisted on wearing his Speedo. So was a no, no. grandpa's
0: no, no Grandpa Speedo. No Grandpa Speedo. I'm a visual oh, person.
1: Grandpa's wearing it again. But we got to go to the pools. So we were excited.
0: How, you weren't a teenager, were you? Because I don't yes. think you would go to the pool. Yes. You went to the pool with Grandpa on a th- it
1: was, wow. He was the only one who take us to the pool. He, well, not quite. I think I was between... Well, he always wore a speedo, but he took us to the pool right up until his oh, even
0: at Thanksgiving. <laughs> even at Thanksgiving, Grandpa walked in with a. Oh God!
1: No, I mean, like it wasn't a period was that he laying- was a speedo. He always, any when he when he took us to the pool, it was time for the speedo to come out. <laughs> so, it was just it was Papa's thing, but I remember these these nuggets and these moments. And so, to answer your question, to shift something in the moment. And really change your perspective of it where you're not minimizing the pain or minimizing the situation or the anger or the hurt or any of that stuff. You're not going, I'm going to ignore this and I'm just going to be happy despite it. Like, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be happy. And it's fake, right? It's like saccharine sweet. That's not it. It's, It's finding the memories in yourself and finding the moments of gratitude and finding the things that Bring you back to a centered, grounded place, so that you can make those enlightened decisions in the face of what is
0: Mm, beautiful, Christina. Thank you, thank you. I love that. I love that. We, uh, you know, and that that is so important to be able to understand what it is that we need to get back to and get back to that that childlike state. And when I think about, you know, like you mentioned our childhoods, and I remember discussing that. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, watching this might be having issues related to their childhood and and, and misforgivings that maybe happened uh, with caretakers in, in their with their younger years In processing and being able to get where you are now and being able to be a coach and to be able to process all of that. I know you and I have talked about it, but what was your process for being able to to move on from that experience or give that experience a different meaning to be able to not live in that state of anger or fear or resentment or, or spite or whatever else, the different emotions that we might have have gone through uh, something in our childhood.
1: I had to flood my system. I had to flood my system. I was, I was reading books that would help. I had a coach myself. I was going to a spiritual center. I was in Toastmasters. I was going to landmark. I was like as much of my time as possible that I could, be in communities and in spaces that were grounded and based in love and based in real love, not just let's pretend everything is fine. Cause I could, I could play that game. I could play the, let me put on a smile and a happy face and make you think everything is fine. Of course. I was good at it. I was, it I was really good at it. And I don't, um, you know, now I'm at a place where I, I can allow things to move through me. I can allow anger to move through me. I can allow grief to move through me. And sometimes that means I need to I need to clear my books for a couple of days and just be with what that is. Like we we we've, we've got stuff going on today, so I had to clear a couple appointments to just be with my partner in some of the stuff that we're that we're managing and and being with. And it's you know something recently I've noticed is it's not recently, it's just, I've been reminded of one of my challenges can be wanting to help someone that I love that I see is in pain for something and wanting to, I want to come in and I want to fix it. And I want to give you my tools and I want to share with you the things that I know, but they don't always want that. Yep. So being able to go, okay, I have these things. And if there's a lot of pushback going, okay, I'll be over here. And, and widening your circle so that you can stay grounded and and come back to a place of love and groundedness and centeredness. Because when you treat this beingness yourself as sacred and you can tune it as necessary, like an instrument, which I learned in class tonight from Glenn <laughs> I was a-
0: I was just thinking of his name like two seconds ago.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, I wanted to come be you. here with you. I had to leave his class, so I have class with him on Tuesdays. So yeah, it's very present for me, but we were talking, he was talking about how uh, a musician tunes an instrument. What if we're the instrument? What if you tune yourself just like an instrument to- tunes a guitar or their their piano or whatever it is? Like we are that and when we can take full responsibility for this unit that I call Christina Crooks in my spiritual health, my mental health, my financial health, my physical health, my mental health, like all, all those pieces, then I can show up as a whole person where I'm not trying to caretake. I'm not trying to be the hero. I'm not trying to fix. And I'm not expecting someone else to do the same for me. Does that
0: answer your question? Yes, 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 yes. Actually, I just, I just saw uh, Tom just piped in. Glenn Moore, Glenn Morshauer is a sage. Love his wisdom. Absolutely, he is, uh, yes. he is amazing. Tom says uh, gratitude is the plumb bob to get centered. Absolutely, I wake up every day with my gratitude list. I say that before I open my eyes. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Robert says, uh, "Oh yeah, that was the order of the day. Grateful for most of it. It's just blank." Um, Robert says I'd rather go out with the go without the speedo. Yeah. Yeah. Um go boy, grandpa balls. We got we're talking about grandpa balls on the no, 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 no.
1: he's he he was confident in that thing too. He was like, what?
0: He's like what
1: I go to the pool, right?
0: Okay. I want to shift gears for a second and talk to you off the cuff. What were the most what what have been the wisest words ever spoken to you and why? And how did you implement them?
1: Oh my God. So many, so many. I mean, I worked with my coach for almost two years and it was just one thing after another. And, um, and being in class with Glenn recently, like he just, he's amazing. But I I think the one that comes to mind is, um, when my coach said to me, I, I love sarcasm. And he goes, sarcasm is covering anger, learn to give it up.
0: Ooh, he's a
1: went, ah, but then what do I do? Like, I don't want—I don't want to cut people, and I kind of feel like I'm <laughs> cut some people.
0: So. Isn't that it's it's soft? It's a it's like soft porn. It's like a softer <laughs> passive aggressiveness when we're sarcastic, like, right? Isn't it
1: just better that I be a little sarcastic rather than be yeah. as cool as I want to be right now?
0: Yeah, and, I like telling I, people they're it, special.
1: It made You're me so
0: special. You're so special.
1: <laughs> it made me face my anger. It made me face my rage it made me really look at how i was covering it up with humor often and um, and so that that one really had me working to to find my center again and cuz i went well if i don't have that as a tool now i'm just pissed <laughs> that's that's no fun like no. why don't we just make fun of the anger
0: <laughs> but Isn't that seem to be better
1: but now i can I, I can have sarcasm back now because I can wield that weapon appropriately and it's I don't I don't use it in the same way that I used to. So mm-hmm. I used to use it to cover things up, which is what he was pointing to. It's exactly what he said. And now I can I can use it to kind of diffuse tense energy. I can use it to 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 calm down something that may otherwise be escalating more quickly mm-hmm. than the is. space wants it to. And um and I'm I can use not. it that way. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, think the of,
0: I think i think of sarcasm for me i was just thinking about this i'm like what do i think of it as i think of it as like a silencer for a nine millimeter it's like uh yeah i'm gonna shoot you right between your intelligence level and you're not gonna even know it I got busted at my last job, my not my last job, but my job before that, some billion years ago. Um, I got busted because I put up this, this this sign, talk about sarcasm, it said diplomacy, the ability to tell somebody to go to hell in such a way that they actually look forward to the trip. Because some <laughs> people would say to me, Chris, when I was very young, because I was very sarcastic when I was young, very eloquent with it. Like some people would say, Chris, I can't tell if you're telling me to go fuck myself or you're really happy for me. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 but, but 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 much much like you much like you in my journey you know I've act- I've had to recognize like okay I realize that there because I read a, I read a, I read a couple of books about passive aggressiveness uh, somebody in my life told me I might have been passive aggressive so I've read some books and found out I was hey low and behold, found out somebody else was too look at that here read these books
1: uh-huh. yeah <laughs> and, 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 and. what was one of your most transformational books
0: one of my most transformational books. Geez, I mean, again, that the list. I, I was just talking about it the other day. Uh, "Awaken the Giant Within" by Tony Robbins. I remember, I remember that that's a thick ass book. I remember g- going to the gym and getting on the treadmill and starting to read it. And I started going to the gym more and more. And then one night I got on there and I was just reading this part of the book where I couldn't. I I, I stayed on the. I think I I went from the treadmill to the bike. I stayed on all the cardio machines so I could finish reading what I was reading because I was so enveloped in the fact like. Oh, wait, 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 the, the, the solutions aren't out there. The solutions, you don't have this. I, it's resourcefulness. It's 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 awakening to the root of the situation. I remember just having this, oh my God, I got to read more. I got to read more. And actually, I was just telling somebody about that book. I'm like, you know what? I didn't really need to read it again. And then my inner conscious said, God, that's a fucking big book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought of
1: another uh, piece of advice while you were sharing that, that I've received that was, that was a really big turning point for me. I had um, I was going to the Center for Spiritual Living in San Jose, which is based on the Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes, and it's a really beautiful philosophy, and it, not not a religion, just a philosophy for life and making a world that works for everyone. And um, the Reverend there, in in one of the one of the Sundays, said, "Surround yourself with people whose basement is your ceiling." Ooh
0: yeah um, and that's really
1: slick. That. and and he he continued on about how you know get out of the rooms that you're the smartest person in the room and I started taking inventory of where that was the case and and I was in a lot of those rooms where I I was the one that was kind of celebrated and I was the smartest person in the room and and uh, at the same time I had realized I really liked to have the answer I really liked to know and so I would seek out these places where I got to be the expert, I got to know. And I would be quite uncomfortable in spaces that I didn't have the answer, but I was a really good student. So I started looking for these spaces and and, uh, I think of it all the time. And I realized I was talking to, uh, I'm building this four day intensive in October with a friend of mine and mentor that is a clinical psych trained as a clinical psychologist and has been a a clinical ontologist for 40 years and he was my coach's coach so he connected together yeah he connected us because i said i really wanted to do an intensive and he goes well this is the best i know so here you go and we've been talking and i went you know i'm taking note and realizing i have some really big hitters in my circle and and big players that that i'm always on my toes with because i'm always learning something new and i and glenn and i are friends and and this man and i are friends and i have a lot of friends that are in the 60s and 70s range (laughs) Well, a lot of them are older than me but they're they're sages you know they're experts and it's just it's brilliant so for anyone here listening surround yourself with people whose basement is your ceiling
0: Ooh, I love that Christina. It's so, so massively true because just like you, I was the same guy. I was the one that was in the rooms. I was like, Oh God, this feels good. You know, it's like, Oh, Chris has the answer. It was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, I've been in the same spot for the last 10 years. You know, I'm comfortable. I'm good. I'm good. But I have not escalated to the next level. And that's what I did back in 2013 when I spent money and I was like, okay, I'm going to join a mastermind and I'm going to get around people that I scare the shit out of me, you know, and I started walking in. I just started asking questions and started listening and taking notes, like you said, and started applying stuff. You know, it's massive what we could do. Uh, We could shortcut the uh, the experience to success by really taking in what our mentors say and having those sages and having those mentors in our life. Because much like you, I mean, I've known Glenn now for, geez, since probably 2012 or 2013. And what I've learned from that man alone in, I mean, the Ron and Scripta show probably wouldn't have happened if it not been for him because he walked out in the middle of 600 people one time and he's like, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Is it okay that I don't know what I'm going to talk about tonight? And, he did that. and I was just like, and I used to be, a, when I was, a, I mean, I'm still a speaker when I, but I used to plan and I'd have my slides all ready to keep me on track. And I was like, okay, I got to remember this point this point. And he just starts talking. And I was like, I want to do that. I just want to talk from my heart. I just want to experience life from that experience. And when you think about life and, and what I titled this is who are we, how do you answer that question? And um, for, before you answer that question, you've mentioned a, a term before I want to, get an opportunity to get a definition on ontology or ontologist. What is that for our viewers and our listeners?
1: Yeah, uh, let, me, let me make a note to myself to revisit that. Um, who are we? <clears throat> who are we is really a, a subjective experience. And, and, and I can tie this into ontology and what it means and what, what ontology means and what it means to be an ontologist. I am an ontologist. And an ontologist helps people distinguish their reality so that they can design it, so that they can create it. Because when you recognize the beauty that's around you and the gratitude available, and the fact that there's a lot of things that are not in our control, except what we say and what we do and who we be and how we show up and how we choose to relate, all of a sudden, everything becomes possible. Everything, like anything you want to become or anywhere you want to stand, if you're willing to look at what needs to be added, removed, or transformed, you can get there. Anybody, it doesn't matter what your background is, it doesn't matter where you come from, it does not matter. I started below the zero point and I clawed my way to to that zero point. And then once I got there and started to stabilize more and started to really grow, I was able to see, oh my God, most of this stuff was was in me and how I was I mean not that I made it up but it was it was in me like I I didn't feel enough I didn't feel worthy I felt ashamed of who I was and my life because of the because of how I grew up my, my mother was a, a meth addict and dealt meth that's what she did and so you can imagine as a kid that was what we were surrounded by so I did have to find then ways to have good days especially as I got older because I started to recognize the difference between me and some of my friends Mm -hmm. and how their parents weren't letting them come to our house because they knew something was off and I didn't know that until later I just knew they as I got older they weren't they weren't coming over anymore and I, I internalized that as as a kid and I have a friend that we've been friends now for almost 30 years. And she's my my oldest friend and and my soul sister. I love this woman. And she, her family was safe to me. And they were, they were so, they were close. They were huge. And um, there was a lot of them. And I would go to her house and it was so structured. Like they had nice white carpet and they had a piano in the living room. And it was, they, they went to church on Sundays, like they were serious about their church. And, uh, and it, was, it was just very structured and mine was very chaotic. And so a couple of years ago, we were having a conversation and we were talking about that. We were talking about it because we were talking about Black Lives Matter, because she and her family are black. And I said, you know, I just relate to it different because I looked up to you guys when I was a kid so for me, it's a very different experience of all of this, and I'm trying to relate, but I, I'm finding that it it sounds like it's coming like I like I can't relate because I'm white, but right. I have felt the opposite where I looked up to her and her family, and and she we started talking more, and she said, um, you know, I wasn't allowed to go to your house when I was a kid because my mom knew. You. Your mom was an addict and it wasn't safe, which is why you were always coming to my house. And and I cried and, and I was like, I, I really appreciate you sharing that with me. But it made sense because here I thought it was me. And it wasn't. Her mom saw what I couldn't, what what I couldn't. I mean, I knew my mom was an addict, but I didn't know that she knew. You know, I thought we were covering it up pretty fine. And it was we obvious, good. And It was obvious. Like I see pictures now. Right. And it was obvious. So being an ontologist, it, it was a journey of many things. Like I, I had dropped out of school for two years and I went back to high school when I was supposed to be a junior. I had to restart as a freshman and I did. And I graduated with honors and I was in many Thank you. Thank you very much. And I was in uh, a leadership program that there was only four of us chosen from four different districts. I was in, and I was teaching to teachers and administrators choice theory, which is by a Dr. William Glasser. And we got to be with Glasser on stage with these teachers and administrators who has died now. He's passed away, but he was alive then. And he was much past his prime. He was really active in the seventies and eighties, but here he was and I got to be on stage with him and he was all about our choice matters and we always have a choice. And the the way that we would teach it is that when when external stimulus comes in, it goes through these different filters and it goes through the filter of our experiences, goes through the filter of our values and it goes through the filter of our beliefs. And then it goes into something called the quality world and the quality world in, in his theory was this kind of, um, stoplight where there was a good, there was good stuff, bad stuff and neutral things. So for example, if I held up this candle to you, would you say it's good, bad, or neutral?
0: It's what you make of it.
1: Well, but what is it for you personally?
0: Something you're holding. (laughs) So neutral. Neutral.
1: Now, what if I told you this was the candle that actually lit a church on fire and 700 people
0: died? Bad candle. No, right. bad, person, bad person that lit the candle.
1: Okay, fine. But what if I told you it was imbued with magical powers that if you lit it, you could have whatever you wanted and a genie would appear?
0: Give me the candle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. We'll play.
0: Well I, can- I want the candle. Give me the candle. Give me the candle.
1: So, the, <laughs> we Based would on your perspective
0: you of what the, de- what, what the precursor is to what the judgment is you're making of that your object.
1: Your experience is changing. and so your experience is changing it's changing your perception of it and changing how you're how you're taking it in so we would do this exercise we we would put three different circles on the floor one that was green one that was yellow and one that was red and we would have uh, envelopes with images in them and we'd have people put them in the different categories how they were relating to them and then we would have someone else that felt the opposite tell their story and then go move it to the other one and show how quickly our perception can change. So that started for me when I was, thank you. I feel like I should curtsy. Uh, <laughs> uh, that started with me when I was 17, 17 or 18. And and then it just, you know, I was fascinated by the brain and, and philosophy and spirituality and all these different things. And when I found my coach, he had made a post, he was a friend of a friend and it was on Facebook and he said uh, he made this post that said he was posting it because his coach had asked him to do it. And he, he said all the things that he had healed in his life from coaching and being a coach and being coached himself. And it was like 20 different things. And I was like, okay, I've done that one. I've done that one. Ooh, I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that. I want all these. I -hmm. must know this man. (laughs) And so I reached out to him. We went on a couple of hikes and I had a third conversation before I had hired him as my coach. And I found out later he actually hates hiking. I'm like then why did you go? He's like because I want that's day cool. of business. <laughs> and uh, but there it is. And and so being becoming an ontologist and practicing this way of being has has been so in alignment with other things that I've learned that I, I remember being four years old, Christopher, and touching a um, I was walking through, and I know I was four because my sister was a baby. She wasn't even a year old yet, wasn't walking, and, uh, and we were living at her dad's house, which meant that I must have been four, and I remember being so conscious that I was touching this doorway thinking, what if none of this is real? Whoa. What if it's all just a construct? I mean, I didn't have the word construct, but I, I remember thinking, what if what if i'm and none of this is real
0: trump is for a four-year-old
1: yeah so i've always thought this way and i used to think that my purpose was to help people because i love helping people i love supporting them and i love showing them the greatness in them and helping them grow that and and planting putting the best soil down so that they can plant the best seeds i love that and i love that people that i've gotten to work with have i had a, a client that in the last six months, we, we worked together for six months, and in the last six months, he his job he was working as a contractor with Google, and um, he had been wanting he had been trying to get into Google for three years, and we worked together, and then his the company he was working for said, "You've you've changed so much recently that we really want to encourage you to apply internally with Google, on at headquarters." Wow. And he goes, okay. So he, he started practicing the interview. He applied, he got an interview. He practiced it like 17 times with other people, not with me, but with other people. He got through four sets of interviews over six weeks. They made him an offer. He declined because he felt like he was worth more because of all the work we had done.
0: Yeah.
1: They came back with with another offer and a $15,000 sign on bonus. And it's unheard of for his role, so I get to see that. I have someone else that's working on a Broadway play, and and they, you know, the thing is with ontology. Ontology is a matter of distinguishing our reality and and how we relate to something. So, are you relating to something in a way where you feel powerless, or or uh, like you're you've lost your freedom, or it's not fun, or you can't survive? Like, are you feeling disempowered, right. or? Are do you are you feeling empowered? And if you are, how do we how do we stoke that fire so that you can keep going in that direction and keep creating and let go and create and let go and create and let go, and and really live into your zone of genius? So your life, can we swear on here? Are we allowed to do that?
0: On my show? Yeah. No fucking way. Of course we are. <laughs> Jesus Christ!
1: So you can oh. live into your fucking zone of genius, so that you can be there, so that you can do things in the world that light other people up and you leave them better than when they found you. Not because it's your job, but it's your job to live a great life. And if you're not living a great life, then go find it, go figure out what you need to do to have the things that you want in your life so that you show up like, yes. Uh. And what's next?
0: (laughs) That's the way I am. Like, let's dance. Let's go. Let's go. What do we got to do? So
1: does that answer for ontology? I'm not sure I answered for ontology.
0: <laughs> you did in a very lengthy way, but I mean, I understand it. And I know people can go Google it if they want to, but I just want to recognize some people in the house. Uh, <laughs> let you take a break here. You're dropping bombs. I got a question for you. Uh, Tom says, Tom, again, actually was just on the Unfiltered Experience, my other show on Friday night. So thank you, Tom, for being here. He says, who are we? Our thoughts are the treads of the garment we wear. The threads of the garment we wear. Treads? Treads. know you met threads
1: threads yeah
0: we met threads yeah who are we where are the threads of the garment we wear absolutely we are our choices our actions and everybody everybody that we are um that didn't make any sense because i was trying to read that and talk at the same time can you do that can you read and talk at the same time i almost can hello beautiful people what's up pamela aubrey good to see you tonight thank you darling for being here hi pamela Um, and uh let's see what we got here everybody's saying hi to everybody pamela says Something rather. She's raising her hand. She's smiling. I'm not sure what that is. Oh, she's raising her hand to ask a question, the cursing question, and it gets to me every time. Oh, she's laughing because she's laughing. She's like, "Huh?" Well, see, here's the thing. So, so Pamela and I do a show every other week called "Rainbows in Real Life," and that one I don't swear. I think, I think, I think I've, I think I've slipped once. It was like one of those walking farts. It was like you just couldn't help it. It was in public, and I was like, "Hey, sorry, I swear." <laughs> Oh dude, dude, yeah. my, my yeah. mother-in-law's not watching this, but man, my mother-in-law, while she was here for a year and a half, she got the walking farts. It was funny. She would actually laugh about it. I'm like, who can't laugh about farts? I mean
1: my one of my grandparents was like that. My we called him Grandpa Blue Jay. And he would just he'd stand up and he <laughs> the whole way up like it was like it was fueling his ascension.
0: <laughs> but nice.
1: he couldn't hear either, so like he didn't like.
0: I, I can't know. wait to be old. I can't. Even if I can hear, I'm just gonna be like, "Oh, huh, what?" It'd just be like, "Ha ha, blue ass on you, people." All right. So, so she-
1: we'd we'd call him and go. My dad would call him. He'd go, "Hey, dad, how you doing?" He, "Oh, I'm fine, son. Oh, dad, my a friend of mine died. Oh, that's great to hear, son. How when are you coming up to see us?" Because he like never wore his hearing aids. Right. So. <laughs> old people, they crack me up
0: hey we're heading there if we're lucky we're heading there we're gonna be old people yep let's, let's come back and do this in 30 years let's see in 30 years i'll be 82 oh my god <laughs> 82 fuck me jesus christ i'm gonna be old Hey, hey. like, well, so on I put my teeth back in right um so okay so turning on a serious note from a very funny note um given everything that you clawed your way back up to and everything that you've done and all the work that you've done with yourself um i would be remorse or remiss if i did not ask you the question so given all the growth and expansion you've done how are your relationships with the people from that time and from the time since that time, have you remained in contact with those people? Have you, have, do you have loving, trusting relationships with them? Have you grown apart from them? Have you had to wish them? Well, I know a lot of people have been hitting me up that about that lately and saying, you know, Chris, you know, some of the top most toxic people are right. in My family, they're my brother, my sister, they're this. And, you know, cause I know as, as personally as, I, as I continue to grow, you know, and this is something I was struggling with a couple of weeks ago. I was like, man, you know, it just seems like the people that I was hanging out, you know, two years ago, I'm not hanging out with anymore. It used to be like longer. And now I'm just hanging out with more different people. And those people are kind of staying the same and, you know, it's no harm or foul, but given what you've been through, I'd love to hear your experience and have you share it with the listeners and the viewers of how you process that in getting to where you're at and being able not to be, you know, angry and resentful and hurtful and hateful and all those good uh, emotions.
1: Yeah. Great question. Um, Thank you. Not, you know, <laughs> not everyone can go when you're devoted to you, not everyone can go where you're going. And so you have to be willing to take the journey alone at times and and do what you need to do to to protect the sacredness of you. And when you go through the process of collecting your parts and collecting your little girls or your little boys or however you identify both and, and all the parts of you and all the sides of you, you'll leave people behind because they just won't be able to, they won't be able to go where you're going. And there's, there's grief associated with that because sometimes you think, well, I really love this person, I want them to come with me, but they don't have an interest They don't want to grow into that arena. They don't want to change. They don't want things to be different. And and what I see so often is people really wanting to hold on to what they know and wanting to drag these people with them, or they are upset that people relate to the old versions of them. So like I can still go be around my, my birth family, my family of origin, and they still try to relate to me. In old ways, and and so I limit my time there because I'm more important, and not in a not in a selfish, arrogant way, but in a way where I need to protect the sacredness of me. I need to protect what I've grown into, and and they they know the things to push, and I installed those buttons. You know, those are those are my things, so it gives me an opportunity to practice those, and. I you know, can have enough practice for a year after about 10 minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ten minutes, that's all you can endure.
1: uh, Maybe a little longer, maybe a few hours. (laughs) But it's uh it depends who it is and and what's happening. But it's uh you know, you, you do, you leave people behind. And there's there's people that I miss that I used to be really close to that they just they operate in ways that don't fit who I've grown into, you know, they, like, I I had a friend that was a, f- a friend for 25 years. And, and we had been through a lot of things together. And she was, she was really there for me through my divorce. And we grew up together as kids, like both our moms did drugs together. So we, we got that about each other, but she started doing things that I, I was, I was working with mentors, and I started working with my coach. I think, I think her and I, yeah, her and I stopped being friends before I met my coach. But I was headed that direction, and I was really working with my own authenticity and and dealing with what worked and what didn't work, and trying to address those things. And she was getting more embedded with repeating things that she had learned as she was growing up. Yeah. So she was lying about more things. She was being more manipulative as a person to get the things she wanted in life. And I couldn't, I had seen it before and would just let it go because I, I had my own codependency. I didn't want to be alone. And, and I cared about her and we'd been through so much that I, I put more weight on the friendship than I did on what felt right to me. Right. And the more I put more weight into myself and what I was learning and growing into, the less I could tolerate that. So. Grieve them and keep going. Keep going on
0: the path. Grieve them and keep going on the path. It's so true. It's so true. I mean, when I, when I, I when I, let me think about this. When I was younger, <clears throat> you know my story. Um, one of the biggest things that I wanted was just a family, just like a place to gather where there was love and there was warmth. Because I saw my friends had that. They went on vacations. They had couches. You know, my couch was a, was a twin bed that sat in the front room mostly. So the cats could lay on it. Because we had probably 30 to 40 cats at that point when I was a kid. Um, and all I wanted was a family and then my sister when I was nine years old She was seven years older than me. So she, she was 16. She's like, I got to get out of here I can't take mom anymore. She had a different dad Her dad was normal and she was like, I'm gonna go go hang out with him. Sorry, bro you know, and I was left with my mother her husband who was psychotic and diabetic who didn't manage his blood sugar So he either had insulin rage or diabetic coma that I had to deal with when I was a kid um, and then all my life, you know, from that point forward, it was really my mom and I were more like partners than mother and son. It was like really, once he left also, it was just us two it was like the, you know, the bandits. Um, And so in 2005, when I found my sister back, I found her and we reconnected, I was like, okay, I just want everything to be normal. I just want us to, you know, be a family, even even in my early thirties or something like that. But it shocked the shit out of me, Christina. Cause my sister hated my mother. I remember that she just, she despised her for everything. And I understand it now I've, I've I've grown to, to have what I'm going to ask you next. Um, I've grown to have more of this. But in that situation, the toxicity level of my sister was so undeniable. And it was like you said before, you know, we want to just go help these people. Like, and she asked me one time she goes, and she literally turned out like my mom, like same occupations, same amount of cats, same amount of books, same blame, uh, psych- psychology about, Oh, it's their fault. It's this fault. It's mom's fault. It's, it's, it's my employer's fault that I couldn't do my job. Right. It was, it was like, it was textbook. It was like a mirror image of what my mom had been through. And she said, baby brother, how did you get through that? You're homeless with mom. You dealt with mom all of her life. You're still dealing with mom. How did you do it? And I said, I chose to be different than mom. I chose to invest in myself, to be, to grow myself away from that. And you can do that too. You don't have to be a victim to what your beliefs are based on when you were seven years old living in Inglewood. You know, you don't have to base your decisions on what a mother with psycho- psychological disorders and chemical chemical dependencies, she did not shape your beliefs. You could change those beliefs at any particular time in your life by reframing what it is that you went through that you grew through. But you're obviously stuck in a, in a, in a mindset of being a victim and you're sold on that. She was sold on that, Christina. No, And I, here, here I'm living fucking proof that I did the exact opposite and I could teach you how to do it. Nope. She was so tied to that tree. She was just like, no. And so ultimately I had to wish her. Well, I won't go into that part of the story, but ultimately I wrote her an email and I said, I wish you well, Maria, I hope you have a great life. I hope that you get everything you want and you deserve. And I, but it's not just don't contact me anymore. No, end of story. I'm putting myself first. I'm not going to try to save your your sinking ship in that situation. And I moved on. And there's moments in time where I think, you know, wow, she's an aunt now and all this other stuff. But at the same time, I got to, you have to get to that point where you have to wish people well on their journey, like you said before, so eloquently. But in this process, I've had to develop way more empathy and way more forgiveness in my journey with people. Talk to us about that component of your journey.
1: Well, what it brings up, what you're talking about is the difference to me between boundary love and, and this, um, uh, I can't think of the word I normally use for it, but it's like guarded love where, where you kind of armored love. That's what I was thinking of. You armor up and you're like, you shall not pass. Like that's, that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. That's one way to deal with some of that stuff. Um, for me, it's been, getting more and more comfortable with the boundaries i'm willing to set so my sister i don't I don't know if we talked about this we might have my sister's an addict and she has been for five years she's Wow. heavily heroin and meth hmm. so we wow. don't talk much if she calls me i answer it and and i say hi and i love you and but we can't talk about much because if i tell her how great my life is she feels worse about how hers is and if i ask her how she's doing that's just that's a dumb question because she's, she's always into life and she's always upset and depressed. And, and I've told her a million times, you can change it when you choose to, but unless you choose inside, like we are so powerful, we're so powerful and people make up stories all the time. They make up stories about how life is not enough or how it's bad or how it's challenging or whatever. So if we can make up the hard ones, we can make up the great ones. Yeah. We can make up the positive ones and we can play with it. And we can, you know, even though I was saying before that um, sarcasm, it it can, can be, it's covering anger and that can be problematic. Still, you can play with anger in yourself where you can allow yourself to move through that. But back to what you were asking with, um, with moving on from people, it's yeah, it's, I miss my sister and I miss the dream, I miss the dream of what I wanted it to be. I wanted us to watch movies together and paint each other's toes, like totally girl stuff. Like That's what I wanted but there's always been some shadow to that and we live very different lives and we also have different dads. And my dad is, is a lot like you, where he's like, he's a musician and he's just this big personality. He's brilliant. And my sister's dad is um, more, he's more outdoorsy, but he's also very angry. He's an alcoholic Mm. and, um, and kind of disowned her when she was younger. So she's got a lot of stuff with that. And she looks up to me a lot, but, I don't know how to. I don't know how to support her other than loving her from a distance. And a friend of mine said last week we were talking about some of this stuff. We were talking about connection, and she said, "This is my friend Raditya. So I hope she sees this, so she knows that I mentioned
0: it. Uh, clubhouse, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So Raditya said, um, you know, sometimes being connected doesn't mean staying connected, and it's so true because what you get is you. When you're willing to continue on the journey and not give up some of you to meet them where they are, you get you. You get you. And that's a gift to the world. That's a gift to everybody around you that knows you in your future.
0: Christina Crooks, you are a gift to this world. You are a gift. People get a hold of you at Christina Crooks.com. Yes. Yes. You
1: can <clears throat> all there and we can connect further.
0: Yes. I highly, highly, highly recommend you connect with miss Christina Crooks, Christina crooks.com. If you guys are listening to us on the podcast with a K K R I S T I N A C R O-O-K-S, I can spell. I want to make sure I just enunciated that correctly. So for those of you guys listening, ChristinaCrooks.com. Christina, this has been an amazing time. I want to respect everybody's time. We have uh, some other comments. Uh, Monica's in the house. She says, hola, what's up, Monica? How are you doing? She's another one of the 75 hard Unstoppables. You get your stuff done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh yes uh thank you so much for being here we got uh christopher says uh he says um so go into hermit mode let me pack my bags and head into the mountains we were talking about uh yeah talk about what we would do uh ray says great show christopher and christina crooks have a great night y'all much love thank you ray have a great night sleep brother i know you're on the east coast as well um and uh the final one hi yep (laughs) Hi. Yep. Uh, Angel says, awesome guest, Christopher Roush. Have a great night. Everybody got to go to sleep now. Thank you, Angel. You are an angel. Thank you for all you do and who you are. So Christina, um, final words and thoughts. If you have a microphone to the world, you have uh, a few minutes to talk to people who have gone through COVID, who have gone through all the different shit that's been going on in the world around us, who are still continuing to go through shit that's going on in the world around us. What do you say to them to get them through this tough time?
1: I would give a, a mini exercise and that's find a, a beautiful vase or vase or a beautiful box or something that you that you just get a lot of joy out of seeing and start collecting the things that you're grateful for, write them on a little piece of paper and put them in so that when you have the tough days, you can pull out those moment memories and feel what you felt then. And if that's maybe music for you, you can turn on music, but keep a keep a gratitude jar that you keep those memories in. And you could do it on your phone too, if you want to just keep a notepad of things that you're grateful for, but specificity in gratitude can always pull you back to center.
0: Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Christina Crooks, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. I'm going to put you backstage. Hang on for a second. I love you. Thank on. Thank you. I'm going to end the show and then we'll chat for just a second. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, there you have it. The Ron and scripted show. We went a little bit over time, but I'm sure you enjoyed the conversation because I did. And as a, as an interviewer, as a host, uh, I love it when I can enjoy the conversation and kind of dig in deep and just have a, a, a back and forth situation where you guys can listen in. This is the whole scope of the show. The Ron and scripted show is that me and my guest are having drinks at a bar or coffee at a coffee shop. And you're sitting there and you're listening in. And you're like, Hey, can I ask you a question? So we always, always invite you guys to ask questions. I didn't make that clear enough this time, um, but we did have a couple of questions i believe uh and monica is giving me the uh she's giving me the sign that she completed her 75 hard stuff so right on right on actually in all truthfulness my 75 hard stuff i'm going to go give my son a bath then we're going to read stories and then i'm going to go out and do my yoga again outside so the culmination of this conversation tonight is what what Normally I give you guys a dissertation of what it is that I gained, but what is that dissertation for you? What is it that you're going to do from this conversation and moving forward to grow yourself, to, to give yourself the opportunity, the possibility, there's a good word for you, the possibility of what is, what could be your future based on what it is that you decide to change today, right? When you want to get to an ultimate destination in your life, when you think about your legacy, right? And I talk about my legacy a lot. My legacy is to fight for what's right and what's fair, to risk for which that mattered and to leave the world a better place for who I was and what I did. So when I wake up in the morning, when I set my intentions after saying my gratitude list, I set my intentions to fulfill that legacy. And that's something I decided back in 2008. And over the course of my life, I've continued to hone myself to achieve that legacy at greater and greater levels, right? Christina talked about that. She scratched and clawed her way just to get to zero, just to get to zero on a zero, 10, zero to one, 10 scale, right? Um, what is it that you're going to do today? Here's something freaky that that I heard the other day. Half of the year is already almost over. Like when you think about 2020 and all the shit we went through with COVID and everything in like 2021, things are opening up. Um, and now, and we, and I know a lot of people said, oh, 2021, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make up time and I'm doing this half of the year is already over. Have you stuck to the promises and goals and the resolutions that you set at the beginning of the year, six months, we're going to be into Christmas in six months, ladies and gentlemen, leverage. What we're talking about here is leverage. What is your leverage to get you to change today? Or maybe even tomorrow, or maybe even next week. I don't want to see you changing 20 years from now and looking back on your life, realizing all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, right? you have the opportunity today to make decisions. And like Christina and I said, both those decisions suck balls. They suck. Right. And Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it uh, a lot too, as well. Sometimes we have to eat shit in order to succeed and have what the blessings in our life that we want. Right. And, but we don't want to eat shit. We want everything to be easy and comfortable and, and, and certain, right? Steve Harvey, you guys heard me talk about it a million times, jump, why is that so massively important for if we want to go and be who we want to be and do what we want to do, you can make the choice today to stop stop all the bullshit, stop all the excuses, stop all the toleration, stop all the what ifs and should be's and should have, could have, and all the different hope of wishing, prayers. stop it all. Just make that decision that tomorrow you're going to start doing things differently, that you're going to start taking care of yourself. And I know this to be fact that that can work because I'm watching it in the 75 Hard unstoppables. Some of these people, medically speaking, should go see a doctor before they're doing it, but they're doing it every single day. They're getting up and they're changing their life one day at a time, one hour at a time. What is it that you can do? What is it that you can do by which that will change and alleviate stress from your life? How can you allow yourself to be more of yourself and not be, wear the proverbial mask of, okay, when I get home, I kind of have to be this person because my husband's this and my kids are this and my best friend's this. And when I go to work, I have to kind of be this person because I can't say what I want to say because I'm not allowed to say anything and I just have to do as I'm told. And then when I go out and do this, fuck, have we learned not anything from the mask we've had to wear for COVID? I don't want to wear any more, more masks. I'm not wearing any mask personally. I'm like, fuck it. This is who I am. If you like me, great. Come along for the ride. I will take care of you. If you don't like me, go find somebody you do and wish you well, no problem. It's that's the way you want to be in life because then you're not looking at things through that lens of fear. You're not looking through the lens of what if people don't like me and what if, what if this doesn't work? And what if that doesn't work? You're going to be known as somebody who was a hard charger that went out there and did shit and made stuff happen right? We're so afraid of mistakes and failures. It's bullshit. You learn, if you learn from them, go make more, look back on your life and think about all the quote unquote mistakes and failures that you went through all the trials and tribulations. Are you not thankful that you went through those that you learned how to be more resourceful, how to be more resilient, how to be more confident, right? How to not give up. So the same thing happens. If you've been successful this far in your life, I'm pretty certain that if you go push yourself and you go jump out that ledge to be more of yourself, that you're going to find that same assurity. You're going to figure it out. You're going to figure it out. I'm always here for you guys. Uh, it would be, uh yeah, Pamela Aubrey says, no more masks no more mass. So if this is speaking to you guys, um, Scott, my my buddy, Scott and I have a group coaching program going on June 21st. It's starting. Uh, we're only accepting a few more people into the group. Uh, we keep it about 12 to 14 people. It's 12 weeks. It's all designed to increase your capacity for love and to alleviate all the baggage that you have assumed and collected inside of your brain and your thoughts so that you can actually fly into your life and go sore and be who the fuck you want to be on kick-ass terms so if you guys are interested in that you can go to my website christopherrausch.com forward slash coaching go down to the raise your vibration coaching buy your ticket today get in there it's going to be awesome this is our third iteration of this and we've been having a blast it starts off starts off crazy because people are like a little weird about group coaching and then all of a sudden everybody settles in and it's amazing they become a family Uh, i encourage you guys to do that so um Lastly, again, once again, I just got to make sure you guys know this Christina Crooks, please go connect with her. She's an amazing individual. I have a blast having conversations with her. She'll be back here on the Ron and scripted show. So I encourage each and every one of you to go out there and be the magnificent fucking amazing individuals that you are. Go give yourself more credit than you deserve. I'm just kidding. Don't give yourself more credit than you deserve. Go out there and deserve the credit that you get. Right? You sit there and talk a good game about yourself. Go out there and fulfill that mission. Go out there and be the person that you want to be. Go be so proud of the things that you're doing that you can't help but share that with other people and make their lives better too. I love you guys. See you later. Thank you so much for being here live or on the replay. I love you guys. I love you guys. I love you guys. Misfits for life. Go have a magnificent evening and day. I love you guys. We'll see you next week on the Raw and Scripted Show.